More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lockdowns, cancel Christmas, stay home. The world is ending and you should be freaking out right now. We got a new report out that Joe Biden is so concerned he's going to push biweekly coronavirus tests for children amid school closures and Omicron fears. This is offices are shuttering right now because of Omicron. So let me tell you the latest. President Joe Biden has announced a new idea, biweekly coronavirus tests for school children amid school districts shutting down over Omicron variant fears. Despite Joe Biden's promise in 2020 to shut down the virus, not schools, schools around the nation are closing early for Christmas break. Biden perhaps worries his unfulfilled promise will be further delayed by school districts not returning to order after the scheduled break. That is bad for the ratings, right? That's bad for the poll numbers because parents are sick and tired of their kids not being in school. So here you go. As a result, Biden, we're being told, is looking at rolling out a new scheme to likely pacify teachers' unions and those of the Department of Education. The plan is reportedly being called Test to Stay. Instead of mandatory quarantine for students identified at close contact of a COVID-positive peer, those students could remain in school if they test negative for the virus at least twice during the week after an exposure. NBC News is now reporting exclusively. That's how you know it's good information because you know they got it directly from the White House leaking this to NBC News. The New York City Public School District has already closed about 875 classrooms early, earlier than they normally do before Christmas. Many of the children are being forced to learn at home by teaching themselves via e-learning, as they call it, which we know is pretty much worthless. The test scores show it. Kids have fallen behind over the last two years when they were having to do distance learning. Former acting director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 
Dr. Besser told NBC News that children should be protected at all costs despite the death and hospitalization rate among children remaining extremely low. Quote, it's clear that the best place for children is in school learning. And if it can be done safely for a child who may have been exposed to COVID, then we need to do that. Dr. Fauci warned Americans as well this week that the next weeks and months could see a massive spike in hospitalizations and deaths due to coronavirus and the variants. Besides the toll of suffering and death, which will inevitably go up if, in fact, we have that convergence in the winter months of flu and Omicron and Delta, we could get our hospital system overwhelmed significantly, Fauci said. Now, let's move on to that, to this other point. Dr. Fauci has new COVID guidelines that he says are extremely important and more than likely they need to become more restrictive. He was speaking this morning on CNBC and the markets did not like what they heard from Dr. Fauci. They were terrified by what they heard and the markets reacted because when you have Dr. Fauci talking doom and gloom on the vaccine guidance, well, then you know what Wall Street does. Favor the mRNA. Um, As you know, we are in holiday season and there are holiday parties You've talked about getting together with your family uh, during the holidays and you've recommended testing and the like. At what point would you reassess that? And how would you think about holiday parties, even those with tested in environments and areas? As I said, by next week, if you you do the the math logarithmically, New York could be in a place where where the positivity rate could cross 25, 30 percent. Well, you've got to just take things one step at a time and take a look at how things evolve. I mean, obviously, if you are vaccinated, your family's vaccinated, you have friends who are vaccinated and hopefully also boosted, you could still enjoy a social gathering generally in a home. You've got to be careful when you go into large public indoor space. I love this. You got to you got to have this large indoor space, right? So spread out with your family and friends because you might think you feel right, but you don't, right? You might think that you feel okay, but you don't. You might think that you are healthy, but you could kill grandma. That's what we think. We think that you probably just need to stay home. I'm having deja vu. Isn't this exactly what they told us about canceling Christmas last year? In fact, I think I could probably find you a tape of Dr. Fauci from last year, and I bet you it sounds exactly like the tape from this year. Well, you know, you might not want to go see Grandma. You might not want to go travel. You might want to stay home. You might want to lock down. You might want to shut down the office. I'm pretty sure that's what he said last year, except this year he's saying it in a different way. By using different words that mean the same thing. He says, well, there are a lot of people there, and that's the reason why you should be wearing a mask under those circumstances, but you've got to follow what's going on. If the counts keep going up and the, and the test positivity keeps going up, we may need to be more restrictive. But for right now, people who are vaccinated and boosted should feel reasonably comfortable. The risk is never zero. That's for sure. Now, by the way, just so you know, when Fauci said this Friday morning, the Dow's implied open was up 65 points after Fauci said this on CNBC. The Dow went down 
by the end of the day, 532 points. This guy's like the Scrooge that stole two years of my life. You think that's all he had to say? Oh, no, he had more. Sure. But what, any what's, the number, what's the number you reassess at? You, you, you just suggested, I think, perhaps for the first time, that you would be forced to reassess if the numbers go up. At what level, meaning, uh, you know, if, if you hear that it's yeah, the I, positivity rate is 25% in a particular or 30%, does that yeah. change? You know, I'm not going to give you a number. I think you just have to look at all the different factors. You've got to look at people who are getting infected. You've got to look at the seriousness of the infection, the rate of hospitalizations. All of those things you look at when you make a determination about how restrictive you are going to be. And those things just roll out in real time and you take it step by step. So here's the word. We may need to be more restrictive. That's the theme here. What does more restrictive mean? Well, you probably won't be able to travel without showing proof of vaccination. Maybe we should make it where you can't get on a plane moving forward without showing proof of vaccination. Maybe we need to start swabbing your kids up their nose twice a week. And you, if you're not vaccinated when you go to work, you must be vaccinated. Maybe we should encourage more companies to start firing employees that refuse vaccinations. Maybe we should raise the price of health care for those that decide not to be vaccinated. Maybe we should start canceling health care people that refuse to get vaccinated. You see the trend here, right? I want to make sure you guys are really seeing the trend because you notice they're coming after your rights right now. None of what they're talking about is respecting any of your rights, your kids' rights, or anybody else's rights, which is going back to exactly what Joe Biden is now saying. Joe Biden is about to harass your kids and push biweekly coronavirus tests for children amid the school closures and the Omicron fears. You don't have rights over your children. And the faster you learn that and understand that, the better off you will all be. That is the message coming from this White House. By the way, if you're an adult and you don't do what we tell you to do with vaccinations, and if you don't do what we tell you to do with booster shots, you're probably going to lose your job. Prominent COVID-19 researcher was called a race traitor for investigating the lab leak theory. That's how they treat these people that stand up, even in this area of expertise. You had a researcher, a postdoctoral researcher at MIT and Harvard University said she was accused of racism for investigating the possibility of COVID-19 leaking from the Wuhan China lab. Alina Chan is the name of the new whistleblower. Alina Chan, by the way, is Asian. I'm sure no one cares whether screaming that she's a racist. Chan began asking simple questions about the origin of the virus and challenged the wet market theory in March of 2020. You want to know what they turned her into? A racist. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So let me just recap for you quickly where we are. We have Dr. Fauci that is saying we're going to have to take away some of your rights. We may need to be more restrictive. We have businesses that are going after your rights. And you have the White House, Joe Biden, now pushing biweekly coronavirus tests children so that we don't close our schools. Now, let's talk about this whistleblower, by the way, who has now been attacked. They say she's a racist. Alina Chan, a postdoctoral researcher at MIT and Harvard University said she was accused of racism for investigating the possibility of COVID-19 leaking from a Wuhan, China lab. Chan began asking questions about the origins of the virus and challenging the wet market theory in March of 2020, voicing her concerns on Twitter to an often hostile scientific community. Chan, who is ethnically Chinese, said she was called a race traitor for suggesting the virus could have been caused by a lab accident in Wuhan. Even other scientists were calling me anti-scientific or racist or a race traitor. And so a scientific problem became corrupted, Chan explained at a Hudson Institute event this week. She said scientists struggled to gather evidence and discuss their analysis amid accusations that anyone who suspected a lab leak in Asia must be racist. 
this is what happens when you allow the tyrants of the left to always scream racism anytime they don't like what you're saying. And the point that this researcher is making is it's the fact that she was asking questions from a scientific perspective and people didn't like the questions she was asking. So they said that she's either a racist, even though she's ethnically Chinese, or they say she's a race traitor for asking the questions. Sounds a lot like the Democratic Party, doesn't it? Because guess what? The Democratic Party does exactly what the Chinese Communist government does in China. We could possibly have a future where only lab outbreaks in white people countries can be investigated, she went on to say. Whereas anything that comes from parts of Asia or Africa or South America cannot be investigated because it would be racist or anti-scientific. That's crazy, she went on to say. As you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci publicly downplayed the possibility of COVID-19 having escaped from the American-funded Wuhan Institute of Virology in April of 2020. In fact, people said that Donald Trump was a racist for implying that it could have come from the lab instead of the wet market. Remember that. The mainstream media only began reporting on the lab leak theory as a real possibility a year later. Actually, a year and one month later, 21. After over a year of decrying it as unscientific and, yes, their word they love to use, racist. When the Wall Street Journal reported that a likely COVID-19 outbreak occurred at the Wuhan lab in late 2019. But, but again, you're a racist if you bring this up. Even if you're ethnically Chinese, you can't do this without people attacking you. New York Times COVID-19 reporter now expresses regret after doubling down on claim that the lab leak theory had, quote, racist roots. This New York Times reporter, who often covers COVID-19 for the outlet, doubled down on claims that the lab leak theory has racist roots. The reporter later deleted the tweets and expressed regrets for sending them. But hey, who cares? Because it was all connected to Donald Trump at the time, right? This reporter said, tweeted her hope that someday we will stop talking about the lab leak theory and maybe even admit its racist roots. Her exact tweet was, someday we will stop talking about the lab leak theory and maybe even admit the racist roots. But alas, the day is not here yet. She deleted the tweet, later doubled down on the claim after people started calling her out for it, saying, quote, a theory can have racist roots and still gather reasonable supporters along the way. Doesn't make the roots any less racist or the theory any more convincing, though. That was her response after people started mocking her for deleting her earlier tweet about the origins of the pandemic. She then had to defend herself even more by saying, I deleted only the, my earlier tweets about the origins of the pandemic because they were badly phrased. The origins of the pandemic is an important line of reporting that my colleagues are covering aggressively. This is, remember, the New York Times. The lab leak theory is something that the White House also doesn't want to talk about, and Dr. Fauci especially, because he's the one that gave money and lied to Congress about us actually giving money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for gain-of-function research. But don't tell him that because he'll get really mad at you. And then there's the newest freak-out moment that is coming. This is Notice how fast this is all coming, right? This is coming very fast, isn't it? I mean, this is a lot to just cover in a matter of the last 12 hours. Dr. Fauci has now come out and he wants to freak you out again. 
saying there is, quote, virtually no degree of neutralization protection against the Omicron variant without the booster. Now, this is where I am confused, Dr. Fauci. If I yesterday got my first shot, or maybe yesterday I got my second shot, are you telling me that the first two shots are worthless against the Omicron variant and I don't have protection or any type of good protection until I get the third shot? Because that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a lot of propaganda, doesn't it? To hurry up and make you get the vaccine. Uh, Talking about the importance of COVID-19 booster shots, both in the current Delta surge and in the inevitable upcoming Omicron surge. So if I could have the next slide, let's take a look at some of the data that fortifies what I just said. This is a recently published study in the New England Journal looking at individuals 50 years of age or over who received the booster about five months after a second dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech. There was a 90% lower mortality due to COVID-19 than participants who did not receive a boost. Now, albeit the mortality is low in people who are vaccinated anyway, however, it goes down to practically negligible values. If you look at the blue line compared to the pink line, next slide. Now let's take a look at Omicron-specific situations. In this study, one looked at three separate vaccines, the mRNA of Moderna, the Pfizer, and then the AD26 J&J, followed by an mRNA boost. Again, if you look at the times two, which means a standard vaccination, and then take a look at the pseudovirus neutralization following the boost. The increment of that is really rather profound. 19 times for the one on the left, 27 times for the one in the middle, and four times for the one on the right. Next slide. By the way, I love we've now gotten to PowerPoint presentations, right? So we're going to give you a bunch of complicated data to let you know that basically you're not going to have any protection unless you get the booster shot. So hurry up and get out and get that booster shot. Fauci just said 90% lower mortality for boosted people age 50 and over. My question is, how can you figure that out so quickly when the Omicron variant just started? That's the part that everybody's kind of scratching their head over. So I'm not protected with two shots, but somehow I'm protected with three, even if I just got the two shots. Well, he's got slides and a PowerPoint presentation to shut me up. If your head hurts right now, it should, because this is nothing but tyrant propaganda there is none of these people at this point that i trust and the reason why is because they keep making crap up hey i'm jay shetty and i'm the host of the on purpose podcast on purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier healthier and more healed this week i talked to orlando bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear navigating the changes in relationships and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never seen before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. 
Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So speaking of making crap up, here's another example. New York Times is now demanding, demanding it. It's not even open for debate that every single sports team stop gathering because you're going to kill everybody if you don't. Any reason to believe this is actually going to happen? No, no reason to believe, but it doesn't matter. New York Times now demanding all sports leagues shut down for public health nationwide. Yeah. In the recent op-ed, the New York Times demanded that all sports leagues shut down for public health for the rest of the year over the fear of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. Quote, it's time to press pause on games, matches, and meets, the Times exclaimed in their editorial. This is what tyrant government propaganda sounds like when it's written in a newspaper. This is no different. This is no degree of separation between the New York Times and the federal government. This is state-sponsored government propaganda that is making it into all of these newspapers and newscasts around the country. Quote, if we're genuinely interested in public health, genuinely invested in slowing the virus and saving lives, we need to look at the storm that has gathered and take shelter from it now. Oh, doom and gloom, folks. It's back. Come back in February or later, the so-called paper of record advised at times went on to suggest new policies for all sports league, including a long break following the mask wearing. It's time for sports leagues to mandate vaccinations for every player. No shot, no games or practices or hanging at team headquarters. The paper demands 
The left wing at Nannies continued recommending saying this, time that all teams require proof of vaccination from fans, and yes, the wearing of masks on top of that. When we see 100,000 fans packed shoulder to shoulder at the biggest stadiums, we see a a sea of unmasked multitudes, everyone screaming at the top of their lungs. What message does that send? Oh, 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 yeah. Most of the nation's biggest pro sports leagues claim wide league-wide vaccination rates of 95% or higher. The NHL even claims it is 10% vaccinated. And yet, they are still throwing players into isolation and canceling and rescheduling games because of positive test results among players and coaching staff. Okay, so let's just dial this in for just a second here, all right? If all these teams are 95% or higher vaccinations and they're still having the outbreaks, doesn't that bring up the bigger question about the effectiveness of vaccines? I mean, doesn't that tell you why so many people are hesitant to get the vaccine, much less the booster? Oh, we're going to demand it. You're going to get fired from your jobs. Don't worry. We're going to force you into submission, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You you think we're not going to force you into submission? You've seen nothing yet. We are going to force you into submission. You just don't know it yet. We're going to make sure. We are going to make sure no matter what, okay, we are going to make sure no matter what that you do what we tell you to do, and that includes being vaccinated and your kids. And if you don't, we're going to make you be swabbed in. That's what we're going to do, right? We're going to make sure that you get swabbed twice. We're going to harass your kids. We're going to harass you. Now, the New York Times, why would they give a crap if sports teams, okay, cancel or not? Why do they think they should have the right to tell us what we can and cannot do? Why does the New York Times think they should be able to dictate what we do in our lives everywhere around the country with their damn op-ed? When did they become so powerful? Oh, wait, they are that powerful because they are state-sponsored media. That's what they are. They are state sponsored media. The evidence seems obvious, the op-ed says, that vaccinations do not in any way prevent people from contracting the coronavirus or at least finding the virus present in their system resulting in asymptomatic infection, the Times writes. Testing and masks clearly have not stopped the virus. If these huge leagues continue to cancel rescheduled games during outbreaks of positive tests, it should also be noted that few members of any of these leagues have fallen severely ill, much less have been hospitalized with a virus. It doesn't matter. We must cancel everything. There has also never been any proof that large number of fans gathered together for games have become, quote, super spreader events, which we were all conditioned to freak out over just about a year ago. Remember, everything was a super spreader, except for Black Lives Matter rallies and, and Black Lives Matter riots, I should say. College football has been filling stadiums for a year now, and there have not there has been no great outbreak of the virus among fans because of a college football games. The Times concluded, however, that we are, quote, at war with the coronavirus. But reality seems to prove that the paper is actually at war with the facts, that what they're demanding right now is not going to have any impact or change anything. Now, if there's anything I know right now, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear it. When I go out last night, I had a, we had a dinner event. It was a two-hour wait at the restaurant. The restaurant was packed. 
I decided to wear a mask. I decided to wear a mask and I decided to wear that mask to the table because inside there were so many people that were crammed in. Make fun of me if you want. I'm cool with it. I don't care. Don't make fun of me if you don't want to make fun of me. My point is we know enough now that I think people can actually make a real conscientious decision and they can decide for themselves what they want to do. I have family members that didn't wear the mask, by the way, going to dinner. That's okay. Did I tell them to put their mask on? No, because it's none of my business. Now, you may say, well, Ben, that mask is worthless. Again, if you think it's worthless, that's your decision. I don't care. My point is this. We're two years in right now. No one should be telling anybody else what they can and cannot do. We all should be able to make our own decisions at this point. That's number one. That, to me, is the most important aspect of freedom. If you decide to make to do things that are higher risk, quote unquote, like go to a football game, more power to you. But this psychotic nature that everything must be controlled by the government and everything must be dictated to us by the government is tyranny. And when Fauci comes out telling you that he's going to come after you, hell, even Ted Cruz went after the United Airlines CEO, Scott Kirby, for his deeply disturbing treatment of unvaccinated employees. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television 
today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Senator Ted Cruz slammed United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby on Wednesday for his deeply disturbing treatment of unvaccinated employees. Cruz questioned Kirby during a hearing for the U.S. Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation regarding oversight of the airline industry. The hearing included several CEOs from U.S. Airlines and broached topics ranging from the success of the the payroll support program to pilot shortages. Now, Cruz specifically called on the CEO, Kirby, and asked him to explain his company's vaccine mandate, which is currently the subject of a lawsuit. A United mandate has resulted in at least 2,000 employees who sought religious and medical exemptions being placed on unpaid leave and stripped of their benefits indefinitely. That means their health insurance. The senator asked why Kirby and why United Airlines vaccine policy is harsher than those of his competitors as the carrier is the only one dismissing employees who choose to forgo the coronavirus vaccine. It got pretty heated and personal. Take a listen. ...have observed last year what Congress did with regard to the aviation industry was critical and it was unprecedented. Uh, We allocated over $54 billion uh, to keep the American aviation industry strong and healthy. I was the chairman of the aviation subcommittee at the time, each of the CEOs on this panel, and Ms. Nelson, I've spoken to all of you many times. Each of you went on great length making the case that, that maintaining our pilots, maintaining our flight attendants, maintaining our personnel in aviation was critically important. We fast forward to where we are today and we find ourselves in a different circumstance, and the behavior of airlines has not been uniform. Um, I'm proud to say the two airlines based in Texas, Mr. Kelly's airline and Mr. Parker's airline, I think have been exemplary, particularly concerning vaccine mandates. Both of you have made public commitments. will not be firing your employees because of failure to comply with the vaccine mandate. I thank you for that. Mr. Bastian has likewise made that commitment at Delta. The outlier here is, is United. And Mr. Kirby, United's behavior on this issue, I have to say, has been deeply disturbing. Uh, I'm a frequent customer of United. I live in Houston. I've got over a million miles on United. There are over 14,000 United employees in the state of Texas. The way United has treated its employees is in marked contrast to your competitors sitting here. Your competitors have said they will stand with their employees. United has not made that same commitment. How many pilots has United fired because of failure to comply with the vaccine mandate? Uh, well, Senator, uh, I'm happy to talk also about the rationale for why we did it. We did it for safety. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I have a limited time, safety. so my question is how many pilots have you fired? I believe it is six out of 13. Okay. And how many pilots have you p- placed on unpaid leave? Uh, I think it's about 80. Okay. How many flight attendants have you fired? 
Uh, I don't know the number. In total, it's about 200 employees. Well, I will tell you, I spoke this morning to the airline employees for Health Freedom that said they had over 2,000 United employees who had been placed on unpaid leave because they sought exemptions from the vaccine mandate. They said that, said that included 331 pilots. I will also note that I have been literally inundated with United employees complaining about United's callous disregard for the rights of the, of the pilots. One of the messages was from a pilot who flew for United for more than two decades, who applied for and received an exemption from your vaccine mandate on religious grounds, and it was subsequently placed on leave with no pay and no benefit medical insurance. Now his wife, who relies on her husband's insurance, has had to postpone a necessary surgery with no idea when she'll be able to reschedule because she, she has no idea when her husband will be able to fly again. And you're simultaneously enforcing a non-compete so this pilot can't even go work for your competitors. Another message I received from another pilot, a constituent self-described proud Texan, flew for the Air Force for almost three decades, including missions in Asia, now founds himself on indefinite unpaid leave with a denial of all benefits to include medical, dental, vision, insurance, disability, travel privileges, crew member access to jump seats, denied access to his retirement savings. This morning, I spoke with a 10-year flight attendant for United, a woman named Ms. Adriana Ubali, who is a single mom, an Hispanic single mom from Texas, who you fired. She received her termination notice tied in a trash can to her front gate. I have a letter here, Madam Chairman, from, from uh, Ms. Ubali describing the disgraceful treatment she received at the hands of United. I ask unanimous consent this record to be entered, this letter Without be entered objection. in the record. Just recently, you're being sued by your employees for mistreating them, for violating their terms of employment. Just recently, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals Judge James Ho, someone I know very well, an exemplary jurist, wrote an opinion in which he described the likelihood of your employees succeeding on the merits as the claims against you, quote, appear compelling and convincing at this stage. And I want to read what Judge Ho wrote about United. Title VII forbids employers from retaliating against employees who attempt to exercise their statutory rights. Yet United CEO Scott Kirby told employees in a company town hall meeting that, quote, very few religious exemptions to the vaccine mandate would be granted and that anyone who even attempted to request one would be, quote, putting their job on the line. I saw that video, and it's a disturbing video. He went on to note, this is again Judge Ho writing, the district court thus concluded that United's mandate reflects an apathy, if not antipathy, for many of its employees' concerns and a dearth of toleration for those expressing a diversity of thought through both its policy and its official statements to employees. United has demonstrated a, quote, calloused approach to and apparent disdain for people of faith. Why is United's conduct disregarding the rights of your employees so different from the conduct of your competitor air airlines, which are protecting the rights of their pilots and flight attendants and not firing them or putting them on unpaid leave for exercising their religious liberty rights? Well, Senator Cruz, again, we did this for safety. Uh, we believe it saved lives. I think that's my number one obligation is safety, uh, particularly running an airline. And you have an obligation to your customers? 
my number one obligation is safety, um, including to our customers. Are your competitors unsafe? Uh, I think that the world is safer um, for us. I made the decision for United. I'll let the, my competitors speak for themselves. Uh, I made the decision for United uh, that getting everyone vaccinated would save lives and well, would Mr. create Kirby, a safer I will tell you environment this. My for all the other workers. expired, but I will tell you this. I fly United flight almost every week. Almost without exception, when I'm on one of your flights, I get stopped by a pilot or a flight attendant, often multiple pilots or multiple flight attendants, who say thank you for fighting for us. Your employees are being mistreated and it's disappointing. Your company is better than this and what you're doing is wrong. Amen to that. Especially the fact that they're holding a pilot who they fired to a non-compete so his wife can't have a surgery because he can't go get better health insurance or get insurance by working at another airline after they put him on leave because he wouldn't get the vaccine. Threatening people saying, go ahead, we dare you. Use a religious exemption and watch what happens because it's going to put your job in danger. It's Tyrant Airline at United. That's what it is. Buy accordingly is what I'll tell you with your airline tickets. I hope every one of you will uh, not only write us a review on our podcast real quick, a five-star review to help us uh, reach more people. And if you want to help get out the word uh, that we're getting out right now, please, please hit the share button and share this podcast on social media. Write us a five-star review. Tell your family and friends about this podcast. And if you haven't hit that auto-download or subscribe button, please do that right now because then you'll get the show every day for free. I'll see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.